Welcome to video game bullshit. I'm Jeffrey Wittenhagen. I run Hagen'sAlley.wordpress.com. I'm also the Subcon 3 on forums like Nintendo Age and Claws. I'm a double award-winning published author um, for Hidden Treasures, a book that's on sale at Lulu.com. It's also on the right side of the page that you're probably listening to the podcast on right now. You can help support us. Instead of like every other podcast where they want you to give money to keep their podcast going, all you got to do is support us by actually buying the gaming book, and a little bit of that money will go toward the podcast. And I've also written towards a few different gaming publications, such as Nintendo Force, Pixelation, and Retro Gaming Times Monthly. And we've got Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I'm big into uh, No Death Runs, High Score Runs, uh, collector of all things vintage and retro, uh, pretty much anything video game related. Also collect figures, vinyl, VHS, tap handles, old beer signs, and old beer steins. And we've got Kevin. Greetings, gamers. Kevin here, aka KWK. You can see my site on kwkbox.com, and also visit my channel kwkbox on YouTube at any time for support. We do lots of let's plays and have videos of all of us in different forms. So if you want to add a voice to a face, my channel is the place to be. Please call our number, leave a voicemail or a text message at 262-264-VGBS. So, um, yeah, today we have a little bit of news to talk about. The final boss man actually had a good um, Kickstarter ramp video. We're going to talk a little bit about that later. I'm going to go over too many games. There's a game that I got there, and it's called Kevin Power in too many games. I've been playing the shit out of that game, so that would be a good one to talk about too. And, you know, as we do, uh, we'll probably get lost on some streams tonight. Feeling a little feisty. Feisty and frisky. (laughs) Yeah, and um, I think we decided too that, um, you know, I'm gonna end everything, every uh, podcast from now on with a little bit of a, um, a campaign update because that'll give backers a reason to tune in. Oh, because yeah. the Kickstarter is funded. funded. Oh yeah, funded. That's right. By the time people listen to this, it'll be a week later. <laughs> so be well. That's funded. all good. Yeah, but that's yep. all good. And you're actually right because in the last episode, you're like, by the time this airs, we should be funded. Because because by the time. We recorded this episode. The next episode hasn't been out yet. <laughs> episode 20 isn't out yet. So that's just how we work it. I mean, because the thing is, is we want it all to sound great. All right. So, um, yeah. So what I did right there was a little bit of a, you know, table of contents for the episode. <laughs> a little plan. So that way, when we listen to it, I can, you know, come up with a cool little summary. That's a good idea, right? It works for me, man. R- refining, tining, right? Sounds oh, good. Um, we also got to throw in there Kyle's game. 
Kyle's NES game. We gotta do that too. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> Doggy Bay. Crazy what did game. I call it? I called it like Kyle's, Kyle's Trials. Kyle's Trials. The trials <laughs> has to have a Y in it. So yes. I. The Trials <laughs> of Kyle. <laughs> That'll be a hilarious one. Oh, it's just yeah. it's just funny like stories that we've told for a long time and we've lived, and it'll be hilarious to put in a game. And if we could program, we would just do stupid shit. Well, I can program. I can program. I just have a fuck ton on my plate right now. So as soon as that's off my plate, I will definitely start on the NES. Well, I'm teachable, so. Exactly. We'll, we'll learn it, man. the next few years bring. Exactly. Hell yeah. So, um, got a couple little topics to talk about. I would say, uh, the first one let's jump into, cause we'll do like a, a quadruple segue, cause there's like four little topics to go over. Uh, we'll start off with, uh, I'll talk a little bit about Kevin Power in Too Many Games. Yeah, I've been really interested to see what this is all about. Yeah, so, yeah. so Kevin Power, um, is a homebrew game, and it was made by Vectrix. Um, it's the same guy that I talked about, um, the Kami Killer game a few, maybe like a month ago or so, uh, that he released Kami Killer. Um, Vetrix is an extremely fast programmer. Like, he basically can shit out a game a week if he wants to. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so he, he, wow. pro- he programs crazy, but it's not necessarily a Shatterhand style complex game. They're more homebrew mini games. Um, so, like, kind of like a beer slinger but here's the irony is that all his games have scores and they loop so you can keep playing and it gets more and more difficult perfect style gameplay that you would want so kevin power um in too many games though was an exclusive release at too many games uh the gaming convention i was at and i think they did 50 copies i have number 16 i want to say and i got a second copy from my buddy jd over in mishawaka he got number 19, I think. But anyways, um, the goal for Kevin Power in Too Many Games is to get to the Too Many Games gaming convention. So you're driving a car up a screen. And the goal is to, quote unquote, avoid everything. And you get to a game store every time. So basically every level, you'll, get to, you'll eventually get to a game store. And the levels change. And you get to, like, after you get through, like, the fifth or the sixth level, you get to too many games. And then it loops. Every level, it progressively gets harder. And the irony is that you're supposed to avoid everything, right? But if you hit things, you get points. <laughs> and, so, and, the, and everything on the screen are basically people. So you're running over people as you try to get to too many games. It's great. Oh, I see. So <laughs> it's like death, death race style. Exactly. Um, I see. Now, where things get complicated is certain, and there's objects flying all over the screen. Um, first level is very slow, so you get to learn your, you know, learn, earn your stripes through, through the level, and then as you get to the second level, it gets a little quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker. Um, now, there's certain items that you can't hit. So there'll be rocks that you'll see, and those will obviously be rocks. Um, there's these gray cars. If you hit these gray cars, you crash. Um, and then there's these gray men. So there's a bunch of like little guys you can run over. And then there's gray versions, and that's supposed to be a police officer. If you hit the police officer, you die as well. And then there's a big, fat, little red guy that runs across the screen, and basically I call him the guy who steals your games. Um, and he, he also hurts you. But there's everything that's in the screen that you can collect. Like, there's one that's called Tusk, which is Uncle Tusk, the guy who makes boxes on Nintendo Age. So Tusk's in it. Um, there's 
there's a guy in there. There's an evil Tendo. So evil Nintendo that goes across the screen. You can hit him and get points. There's a Space Invader. You hit him, you get like a lot of points. And then there's actually the Space Invader ship, the mothership. And you can get a free life every time you hit one of those. And the, the thing that I found out today playing is that it maxes out ironically at eight lives. You can't get any more than eight lives. And it doesn't rack up like multiples and just keep eight. You only can get eight the whole time. So it's one of those things where it's like you really shouldn't, especially at the beginning of the game, like take a risk and try to almost hit something if you're going to, uh, if you're already maxed out on lives, because then you'll lose a life. And so when you're playing the game, though, um, and one thing we didn't realize in our first playthrough is if you hold the B button, you can move a little faster, like a little speed boost. Mm. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Now, where he has it so you can't uh, spam that is that there's actually a fuel gauge. And if you go through the game and don't use the speed boost at all, you don't even need to collect fuel canisters because there's fuel canisters that pop up randomly. And the entire game's random, too, so you're not going to see the same pattern twice. Um, but anyways, like if you don't use the speed boost, the fuel counts down like one at a time, and you have plenty of fuel to get through the level. But it's when you hold the B button, it starts to go down two and three times as fast. So that's where the risk and reward come in of using the speed boost. And I find myself, since I initially didn't know about the speed boost, I find myself just going through the game without it, and I use it when I get in a tight situation, like I'm about to hit something, and just to boost out of the way, or if the free guy comes up and I shoot over to him. One thing I noticed, which I don't know if the, the programmer meant to do this, but the, the free life only shows up on the left side of the screen in the same position every time. Like he doesn't randomly pop up on the screen like everything else does. So basically, you keep your eye out for something right on the left, and you just shoot over there real quick. Yeah, the game, though, is extremely addictive. Like, it's so simplistic, but it's, like, addictive as hell. And unlike our, you know, our nemesis Beer Slinger, this one loops. So I keep on playing it to try to get a higher score. Finally. Yeah. did it right. So I told Kyle, like, I finally got over 10K and actually looped the score all the way to the final decimal now. It only goes up to five digits. So I finally got it into 10K. And at that point, this, everything's fucking going nuts so fast on the screen. It's crazy. So it's really awesome, though, that, um, you know, I'm, I'm able to progress slowly but surely. And don't call me Shirley. Uh. <laughs> How do the Twin Galaxies um, deal go with homebrew records? Well, I mean, basically, they have to recognize the game as being a game. So I guess you would have to almost submit that that game exists first. I don't know. I mean, really, they just have to add it to the game to their database, and then you can do a score on it. What we did on Nintendo Age is we just created a thread and called it the Homebrew. And Vetrix actually created the thread like a couple weeks ago. Call it just Homebrew High Scores or something like that. So you just post a screenshot and with your username on it, and it's on the honor system. And on Nintendo Age, everybody's pretty uh, genuine. Nobody's just cheating or anything. So it tends to be a really fun little way for us to you know keep our homebrew scores. Been fun. Um, it works. Yeah. So for those of you though that want to get a copy of Kevin Powers, um, you actually have to wait until the regular release comes out, which should be pretty soon. And it's not going to be too many games. It's going to be, I think, getting to like a concert or something. That's where you're trying to get to. And it actually, I think, involves Kahan, which he did Larry, Loser Shoot Larry, and, and um, he did Study Hall and a couple other homebrew games. Like, it has to do with him going to a concert. <laughs> like, that's what the game has to do with. It's kind of funny. 
Um, the irony was is Kahan didn't go to too many games, so I always say it's basically it can be the player is trying to travel to a gaming convention. The best part though is that my daughter London loves playing that game now. Uh, before the only game she liked was Gradius, but she wanted to play the car game. So she's sitting there and she's controlling, and she can actually get to the second level of the game. It's freaking awesome. Oh, yeah, nice. Uh-oh. And um, <laughs> and what's hilarious is that then she wants to watch me play it, and every time she goes next level, and she puts her hands up in the air, and I'm like, yes, <laughs> so, like, yeah. so, like, so like every time you beat the level, it goes do 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 do. Do-do-do. And then Lennon goes, next level! And I hit the button and you go to the next level. Now, the thing is, there's a, a music programmer. His name is Z. And I don't know if it's a he or she. I'm assuming it's a he, but Z. And the music in this game is awesome. It is really good. Like, that's one thing. Like, music does help make a game and it gives you a sense of urgency. Like, when you hear the music, it's like, really really fucking cool i don't think we would be able to get a um an actual mp3 of it but what i can do is while we're talking about it i can boot it up and um the irony is i didn't mention this but i actually put the game in my play choice 10 adapter my nes adapter on my play choice 10 so you actually can i played in my arcade so let's see here i don't know if you guys can hear the music just like bass right now Definitely bass. <laughs> Here's the music. <laughs> nice. So it's like really crazy arpeggios and stuff. And if you hear any clicks, that's me moving the controller. I'm trying not to do any crazy noises so you can hear more music than me clicking on a joystick. It's better than most elevator music. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to see if I can get to the uh, second level. Because the next level, and actually did, without even really controlling it. There's a little music, and London would go, next level! And then you hit A. Just like cool little music. That's got a nice beat to it. Yeah, and, and every level has like a unique sound to it. It's like this is for like a little arcade platformer. Like I don't I don't know like how they came up with the idea, but this game is really cool and it's very simple. Like your car is going up towards the screen and the screen's just scrolling downward. And it's super easy to do. Ironically, is I haven't controlled the car and I got to the third level. <laughs> Crazy. And now it says, now go get a deal, Kevin. And you go to Game Junkie to sell your games and get a good deal. Well, that was funny. I actually just ran through a cop and didn't get hit. But now I hit a rock. So basically, without controlling it, I got 800 points so far. And I got to the third level without even controlling it. <laughs> That's funny. Nice challenge. <laughs> it's funny. No, it just shows you that, like, I just got game over at 900 points. But, um, yeah, it's pretty funny, though. And, and 
Like so, basically, what it shows here is um, Tusk gets you five points. Marshall is the little guy, gets you ten points. Evil Ness gets you twenty-five points, and the Space Invader gets you thirty-five points. And it's always random. And um, the points are are um, consistent, but yeah, the guys show up in random patterns. So every playthrough is a little bit different. Yeah, the, the music in it is solid. Like for, like for this being a simple, I it's really a single screen homebrew. For being a single screen homebrew, I can't recommend it enough. It's one of the better, like the fun games. And the fact that he probably programmed it in a weekend is amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's really cool. I, I know that he fine tuned it, and you know, using an actual musician on top of it just you know puts a little shine on the game oh music always helps yeah it's a really cool little homebrew i'm highly recommended though so a perfect segue kyle would be to kyle's homebrew game <laughs> that's what i want to hear about when are you gonna have it programmed <laughs> kyle's trial yes. man yes so 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 kyle let's let's give paint a little picture for the audience here kyle I'll let you paint the picture this time on Kyle's Trials and where it originated from, the idea. I uh, actually started in Mishawaka. It's me and Jeff hang out all the time. When he Mishawaka, was... Indiana. Basically a near Notre Dame for those people who aren't familiar with Indiana. Notre Dame, that's a good homing spot for people. Yeah, we'd, we'd either hang out in my place or his place, but we usually hang out at his place because, you know, he had one in and everything, and it's just easier that way. Yep. She's at home and stuff's comfortable. But yeah, it was uh, just going out to eat all the time, and then it was, it became like a running joke. And then it actually culminated you know, <laughs> at at the one. But when you get when you're done eating, and you know you get your like doggy bag and stuff, that like a lot of times, every we, time, Kyle, we would have like <laughs> <laughs> every time <laughs> we would have like Andrea uh, Jeff's wife would drive us, so we would go to like uh, Mexican places. We would find pretty much all the uh, Mexican food places around um, and you know eat Mexican food and get margaritas, and get blasted. Oh, we got plastered to the point where i was cut off on tequila for like ever pretty much yeah and then <laughs> margarita massacre no more <laughs> yeah we never had to, to to drive and yeah definitely not promoting you know that at all find a designated driver my, for my sure. wife my wife wouldn't drink and so that she would she would drive us so it's all about the double d yeah so that 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 was what made it fucking great. So we're all wasted, and then we'd always forget our food at the table <laughs> Every in time. the doggy bags, right? <laughs> and, and then if you happen to take the food from the table into the car, now that you just beat like stage one. <laughs> if you actually get it into the car, yeah. stage one. <laughs> stage two is getting it from the car to the house, which we have left it in the car before. Yes, too. we have. <laughs> now, <laughs> stage three is getting it into the fridge. Into the refrigerator. <laughs> which, we, you know, I've left it on the counter before. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, on the table in the dining room or something. And, and I had, like, in, in when I had the Mishawaka house, we had, like, a little porch out front. He left it on the porch once. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, like, like there, there, these like three or four levels that end up being like twenty stages in between, where Kyle would miss the checkpoint. <laughs> this is funny. Like, you can make it. Huge. And then Kyle forgot it in the fridge. 
<laughs> now the next stage, it's finally in the fridge, right? Now it's actually like heating it up and eating it before it goes bad. Yeah, or not forgetting to take it home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah, because I would be leaving his house on Sunday night. So, so the ultimate culmination of this though was one time we went to this Mexican <laughs> restaurant called Hacienda, yes. and Kyle, being the good little Samaritan he was, we were already trashed on margaritas. He actually remembers to grab his doggy bag, and it was in like a little white box or whatever, and. The funniest part was is we, we finally get outside the place and Kyle trips on the freaking crack just walking and the whole thing spills all <laughs> onto the ground. <laughs> like everywhere. And Kyle just goes Ugh. Kyle looks at it and goes, Oh and just keeps walking. <laughs> Thought you'd be like, No me gusta. He just goes <laughs> He go he goes he go he just goes, Oh and we kept walking <laughs> like nothing happened. He left the whole thing just sitting there. <laughs> So, so, so basically what Kyle is thinking is, is that the first level is you're trying to get to the car and there would be like a spot where the, like a dog would try to steal the doggy bag from you. Yeah, like a stray dog. And you, you just made like a new one. Like, like, you know how in TNC surf design, there's like cracks in the, I'm almost the, thinking the like, um, California games, the skating part. Yeah. You make the, the <laughs> cracks in the sidewalk. Like <laughs> if, you, if you trip over it, then you drop your doggy so, bag. So, and- so basically we would, we would do a hack of, cause this is what we'll do is we'll figure out what games we could hack to make this game. So the first game that that we'll hack will be California games, and we'll change the skating to like drunken walking. <laughs> and instead of beach balls, it'll be like dogs running across. You just have to avoid everything. It'd be pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, so you're carrying a doggy bag, and at any time you can lose it. You lose it's game over. One one shot, make it brutal. And then when you get to the road, Kyle is saying you got to make it into Frogger. That's so we'll- gotta be a Frogger hack. So we so we hack ultimate we hack the ultimate Frogger Championship into like a kangaroo style where you're going across the street. Yeah, you have to like get to your car now. So yeah. now it's like the next and like this is actually like a hidden level. This isn't like in real life. Yeah. Once you leave the restaurant you have it in your hand, but this is like a level that we can make up where you have to like dodge all this shit to get to your car, you know. <laughs> and like yeah, like in the first level there's like hungry dogs that are like attacking you. Trying yeah. to get your food, and you have to like dodge them and stuff. And you and you you could throw something. I don't know. And even beforehand, it could be like you could be, almost be like in the uh, the pie level from Three Stooges, trying to get out of the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be the very first level, like the pie level from the Three Stooges. Yeah. But you're like people are throwing like Mexican food or something, and you're trying to avoid because <laughs> <laughs> you're like eating still. Yeah, and you're Playing like done with music dinner. in the background. Oh yeah, and so. <laughs> So then you get from there to the California game style dodging to the Frogger style getting across the road. Yeah. And you get to your car, but here's the irony is you forget the doggy bag on the roof of your car. <laughs> so now you're driving. So what are you thinking, like Spy Hunter or like... Well, that would be awesome, but I just played Kevin Power and that's a game where you could just dodge everything. So you could hack Kevin Power to where you can't touch anything. <laughs> So you're basically playing through like a Kevin Power style game, which is like Spy Hunter with no gun. So well, you gotta drive home. So you gotta not, get home. So it could be like a and some, just, some kind of like you gotta dodge all this traffic or something. Exactly. So you could take Kevin Power, turn it all into traffic, make him make there a little bit less because it's impossible to dodge everything in that game. So that'd be a good game to hack though. But basically, you gotta drive home and avoid everything. Otherwise, you're you're you spill your food. <laughs> you lose your food. Yeah, because it's on the top of your. The car. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> you have to balance it, like, perfectly. 
That's amazing. And then the final one, once you get out of your car, is almost like Goonies, where you got to get through your house to get to the fridge. <laughs> it's like caves and shit. <laughs> Fall into the basement. And and this is kind of what I was laughing too, because like like each stage could could be different. Like so, the culmination of each stage would be like you get to your house, and then you get to the next difficulty. So like you you could have one where there's like a burglar like breaking in, and the the funniness is. Dodging him is and getting the food to the fridge is more important than like getting the burglar. Yeah. It's, 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 it's like tongue in cheek. Style. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Like, like, like when you're driving, people like throwing like rocks at you and shit. Like, <laughs> like everybody's trying to stop you from getting your food home. Yeah. <laughs> like, then, what like, the hell did you do to everyone? <laughs> I was thinking like in in the the next level, you could get to your fridge, and then like the fuses out so it's the most important thing you you have to get the food in the fridge like it has to get cold right like or you're gonna lose the stage and there there's like a meter like a like a cold meter or like a stale meter or something <laughs> and then you, you have to go to the hardware store and and get a fuse so that you can bring it back and put it in your fridge and like oh no <laughs> so that would be like that would be like the second time going through the game yes <laughs> Can get back to the car. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking it's like Vice City. Like, one problem leads to the next. Oh, to the my next. God. That's awesome. You open up all these cans of worms, and before you know it, you're, like, swimming in them. So, so what game would you hack to actually do the mini games to fix the fuse? That's a good question. Would it be, like, Tetris? Or, like, what would it be, like... Like one of those um, pipe pipe mania games or something? Yeah, like, once you get... Pipe, pipe Dream? Like, Pipe Dream or something? That would be cool. Yeah, like, Pipe Dream. You could do, like... You have to, like, connect all the little things. By the way, I hate those puzzle games, the Pipe Dream ones. <laughs> like, like I got a homebrew that was like that. It's called Magic Block, and I, I don't like those type of games. <laughs> little timed pipe games. Well, we could do a, a game that we actually like. That we actually like. <laughs> I don't know. You can pretty much take, like, any. Just, like, a little little puzzler style. Maybe, you know, like, Adventure of Lolo and just having, like, he has to, like, solve a certain thing and... Yeah, and push little blocks in order yeah. to create the fuse. Yeah. Create the, yeah. Or actually, yeah, how about this? NES virus cleaner. And you gotta actually, <laughs> yeah. you gotta you bring Rob into it, and you gotta pick up the little viruses. They're gonna be the little errors that are causing the fuse to malfunction. Fuse cleaners, we'll call it. <laughs> in order to get your food in the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> and then, as soon as you finally get the 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 food able to be cooled, now you're hungry again. So now you gotta get the food into the microwave, and the microwave's malfunction. <laughs> yeah, and you can go like forever, right? Like then you have to go get a new microwave. It's round three. That's level three. That's exactly. <laughs> Gotta get the Goodwill. <laughs> goodwill. <laughs> Hell yeah. That could be our, like, uh, shout-out to Goodwill. Because the thing is, is, like, with the Nintendo World Championships, you can pick three, four, five games, even with the Homebrew World Championships that came out. There's, like, five games. So you could te- we could technically, like, flip five different games with a selector. So that'd be hilarious to be able to do it. It's almost like a fetch quest thing, because then, like, once you get the Goodwill, something doesn't work. Yeah, on like level four. Now the power's out in your house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's so many like great things, and then you gotta do. A, you gotta go down to the basement, and the basement has all these hazards and it's like boxes. Like. <laughs> it's perfect. Oh man, and that's kind of like what Paperboy Two does because the first level you just get past the first block, and then that's um 
Easy Street, and then there's Middle Middle, middle Path. Middle maybe. Road. I think it's Middle Mid- Road. Middle Road, and uh, you get you do the Easy Street, and then you have to do the Middle Road part. It like extends it. Yeah, you know, it gets longer, and then you do Hard Hard Way, which is Easy Street, Middle Road, and then a whole nother block. So it it like keeps making you like it better and better and better. I think that's pretty uh, cool. Just like TNC Surf Designs, every level when you play it, it extends a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. Do, 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 I never heard that song before. <laughs> the death music from it. Hilarious. And then, I, I don't know, at the very end, should you just make it loop or something like that? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, just, just loop it forever, right? Oh, now, we go, now we're hungry. Go back to the freaking restaurant and eat again. <laughs> <laughs> Tour the aisles, Kyle. Tour the aisles. So if we just had, like, infinite money just to throw it at Roth, we could just have him, like, design this for fun. Like, here's 20 grand, man. <laughs> well, the thing is, though, is that if you did it as game hacks, it's pretty easy to hack games. Like... I actually saw a video today. The guy was like, here's how you take a picture and you turn it into an NES bit. And he actually took his own picture. He shrunk it down with like Photoshop. He showed exactly how to do it. And then he's like, here's how you do it. He showed all the little settings and then he turned it into, um, it was on Little Nemo and he changed it to like one of the pictures at the beginning of Little Nemo when they talk. And it looked pretty shitty, but he didn't do any editing. Yeah, so it's like, like if you, fly. yeah, so if you do a little bit of like, oh, let me fix a couple things here and there, it would be, it would look perfect. And it's just like little pixel editing. It's not hard and he shows how to do it. So it's pretty, pr- it would be pretty easy to do. The hard part would be the, um, is combining all of the games together onto a ROM. Um, it wouldn't be something that would be easy to put onto a cartridge, but he would definitely be able to make a, a ROM hack or something. <laughs> it'd be fun as shit though man it would be really cool to be able to do that it'd be freaking awesome kyle's trials yeah see i i remember <laughs> messing with the pixel stuff in mario paint kevin do you ever have mario paint yeah i played my fair share of mario paint but it was just kind of like messing around i played more with the music one than i did the actual art stuff <laughs> and then that that fly swatter thing that was great well the, the irony was is that early windows days uh me and our buddy eric the keensters uh we sat and messed with one of the emulators that had a palette hack editor in it so you'd be able to like click on like all this jumbled up fucking palettes that the programmers used and you could click like on the screen you would be able to see as you added a pixel and you could see where it was adding the pixel to. So we'd use that and actually learned how to hack um, graphics back in the day. Yeah, you guys so, had a lot of crazy hacks, actually. I was yeah, pretty impressed. Like, that was from, like, that was through, like, Nesticle, though. Yeah, that was through, like, Nesticle so or could, one of those. You could do it with Nesticle if you're really, like, so inclined. And and the thing is, yeah. is that the, the current tools out there are so much easier to use that, like, me having that basis already is why my head's already around that, already around pixel editing, so... It's one of those things where now I know how the um, object-oriented programming works with the NES. So it's one of those things where it, it'll be doable. It's just you got to have the time. You know, it's another good uh, good segue, Kyle, for us going toward the um, little bit of Kickstarter talk, right? Let's do it. All right. So um, let's talk about the, the, um, the article I sent out, the video that I sent out first. So basically, um, within the last week or so, another top-tier Kickstarter was announced. <laughs> just like you know Shenmue 3 now in a fune which is the guy who did mighty number no. nine the guy who actually programmed mega man back in the day 
he released another Kickstarter. This one is called like Red Ash, and it's supposed to be a spiritual successor to the Mega Man Legends series, which a lot of people have been clamoring for this, right? Everybody's wanted Mega Man Legends. They've done freaking petitions to bring out the game. Even Bloodstained, the Capcom guys, promoted this. So the irony was Shenmue's not even half done yet. You know what I mean? They're already another one jumped on it. So it's one of those things where we, you know, we called it back in the day, right? We, we, we call that all this shit's going to come up quicker and quicker. Now, yep. here's where I love to say that I'm wrong, because I definitely was wrong with this. People are fucking awesome. <laughs> I love the, the people factor. And this is where, um, Kyle, did you watch that video that I sent the link? Now, when I got home, I meant to, but I was just editing for like an hour and a half. So you're going to have to bring me up to speed, man. The the uh, the final boss man is what the video is called, and it's this guy on um, game trailers, and he's wearing a suit, and he's um, basically just talking about controversial topics. And what he is saying is that people have smartened up to this bullshit of all these bigger companies coming in and just trying to take a piece of the Kickstarter pie. And what he said was is that it's really funny because this Red Ash one came out and it's not even 20% funded and it's been it's been like a week now and you know they expected you know Mighty Number no. 9 got millions of dollars the Bloodstained game got millions of dollars Shenmue 3 got millions of dollars within days you know what I mean and this game is barely a couple hundred like maybe a hundred thousand dollars maybe two right now and they want you know six eight hundred thousand dollars or something to make the game now that's the thing is this guy told like had the perfect analogy. And I think Kevin, you watched the video, right? Yeah, I saw it. Okay. So his perfect analogy though was that with in a few days first one with my number nine, everyone was like, Yeah, we're gonna back this guy because fuck you, Capcom won't give us a Mega Man game. You're like, we're gonna back it, we're gonna make fucking Mega Man game. And then he's like, with bloodstained. It's like, oh, you won't, you don't want to give us a fucking Castlevania game? Well, fuck you, Konami. We're going to make this freaking game. And then yep. even with Shenmue 3, they're like, oh, you don't want to give us Shenmue 3? Well, fuck you. We're going to make our own Shenmue 3. Even with Sony, you know, in the pseudo background, it still felt like, you know, we were in control and, you know, we're against, you know, the big power. Now, this is where the um, the Red Ash one, and this is what he said, and it made a lot of sense why it's not getting funded, is because Inafune now is, like, associated with, like, big companies, like, I think it's even Microsoft or Sony, or, they're, they're, he's, like, with a bunch of big companies now, and he hasn't even released Mighty Number no. 9 yet to play. It's been, like, two years. They haven't even released yeah. the game. And now they created another Kickstarter for a new game before the next one has even been released. And he's like done an anime for Mighty Number no. Nine, a live action movie for Mighty Number no. Nine. They're not out yet. The irony was is with this Red Ash, he also created a second Kickstarter, so two Kickstarters, and one is for the game and one is for an anime series for a game that we've never played. So <laughs> they're doing a bunch of this crazy shit, going shooting for the hills, but they're doing it too fast and they're going so fast and making so much money that now they are the big power so there is no what did he call it, it was like there's no con sticking it to the man yeah there's no <laughs> sticking it to the man there's no controversy anymore because i mean it's just like with my kickstarter 
we're like three or four, we're four guys basically. Slidog's two guys. We're four guys making this shit fucking happen. We're not a big company. Even yeah. at Mighty Number no. Nine, at his freaking indie-ish level, he still had a big freaking amount of people that he used. A big group of people still was a major collaboration. Like mine will always be indie, just because I'm only one person publishing a fucking book. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's what Kickstarter was meant for. Is meant for the underdogs, and it's meant for you know people to fund passionate projects that people want to put out there that we wouldn't be able to otherwise. That's what we're doing. Now, that's where I love that, you know, this red ash thing. Like, I actually think it would be a really cool item to, you know, a really cool thing to put out there. But the fact that I haven't got to play Mighty Number no. 9 yet, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to wait till I play that game to see how the quality is. Because who is to say, Kyle, that we all fund this red ash thing and then Mighty Number no. 9 comes out and it fucking isn't what we expected it to be. You never know. You never know. And, like, if we play this game and it's subpar, and now we gotta watch an anime based on my number nine in a fucking live-action movie on a subpar game, like, really? And then there's a fucking other game I just backed. You know, if, if you backed Red Ash, then you backed the second game, and now you're already thinking, all right, is this one gonna be subpar too? And it's like, it's one of those things where they just moved a little too quickly. They need to, you know, lay the groundwork let the foundation flow what, what i think too is going to happen they're going to start asking for more like oh this is where it gets good kyle <laughs> okay so so here's the good part so he, <laughs> he jumps into it and he said in order to hit the first goal like say red ash gets funded at it's eight hundred thousand dollars it's only releasing chapter one. And they oh, show God. this <laughs> chapter one bullshit as a fucking map. And this map looks like a big map. And then they show, oh, chapter two will be released if you make like, if they make like a million twenty dollars or something. So it'll be six hundred thousand and a million two hundred thousand dollars. So if they get a million two hundred thousand dollars, you get chapter two. And when they show chapter two, it looks like there could be another fucking ten chapters on this thing. So you're never going to see the full game. <laughs> so, like, number one, the scope of that is, like, all right, so you're only going to pay for, like, a little portion of the game. You pay for a tutorial. Yeah, like, you're basically paying for a fucking tutorial. <laughs> that's retarded. And that's when he goes back and talks about Shenmue fucking 3. And he said, they're a major failure. They're at, like, 4 million still, or 4 million 500. They might almost be at 5 million. But they put out that, oh, at 10 million, we'll give you the game you wanted. <laughs> open world Shenmue and shit like that. So no matter what, right now, there's no way in hell they're going to make $6 million at this point. Like the initial rush, everybody's excited. They have a ton of backers. Do they really think they're going to get two times as many as that or three times as many backers as they currently have? Unless Warren Buffett really likes Shenmue. That's what I'm <laughs> saying is like, so in other words, it feels like we're going to get an incomplete game now. Because they put out, oh, with this stretch goal, you'll get this. And he put down, like, stretch goals are really bad when the people running the Kickstarter are aware of a stretch goal and, and actually make the campaign complete with the stretch goals. It's a, it's a really double-edged sword. It's a really fine line. And that's why, like, Shenmue, like, the funny, as soon as they announced that $10 million one, it funny pretty much fucking stopped. Like, some people are still going slowly on it, but it pretty much died out because people are like, really, $10 million? Man, that's never going to happen. <laughs> it's just one of those things, you know what I mean? Those are the projects that, like, ruin it 
try to take advantage of the market like way too much though. I'm very glad that they did it though, Kyle. You want to know why? What's up? Because they fucking ruined it for themselves. They didn't ruin it for the little guy. Because we can't do that shit. There's no way we're doing millions of dollars. Like, it ain't fucking happening. We are shooting at a small level, and I'm happy with that. Like, like we said earlier in the podcast, my my freaking Kickstarter is funded. We are jumping for joy. Like, I'm so happy that everybody funded us. Everybody supported us. We've had positivity, and my actual vision is going to be reality. That's amazing. I'm good. Now, we developed our stretch goals because stretch goals are there. They want you to do stretch goals for fucking Kickstarter. Ours are just giving backers free stuff. That's all it is. So if we hit 25000 I'm adding extra content to the book. So my book has already been written. Um, it took a while to get the formatting down, but it's all the licensed games right now. If we hit the next stretch goal, which I think is going to be an extra, like, not even, it's not even double our funding. It's like a little bit less than double that. If we hit that, though, I'm going to add unlicensed Holy Grails and major variant covers to the book. So that's going to be an extra, like, 25% to the book. It's going to make the book bigger. Um, It's going to affect my own personal profit margin, which, okay, it's fine because we're, you know, people are funding us people are backing us it's cool but yeah we're giving that to every it's gonna be in every book it's not gonna cost anything more but that's the stretch goal the next stretch goal is we're gonna actually do limited colors for the retro vgs so like for the cartridges we're gonna make them like a a color instead of just doing the standard you know color and we decided to also apply that to the standard nes release as well so basically, and I'm not going to decide the color. What we're going to do is we're going to leave it up to a backer poll. So all the backers get to vote on what color they want the cartridges to be. And I think that'd be really fucking cool. And it's free. Everybody gets it. Like I say, use some fucking good glue on those damn labels, man. Yeah, it's all good, yeah. man. Don't worry, those woods that. Yeah, don't worry, those woods that. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> you know, there's people that back the limited edition box art, right? And so those are a different breed. They're not the regular edition. But how I figure I would reward those guys is they'll get a numbered limited edition of the retro VGS game on top of their stuff for free. Basically, all the 250s or 750s, the ones that are limited edition CIBs or the really awesome wooden box ones. Um, and that picture should be going out soon. By the time people listen to this, that should be up because I the guy's finishing them up right now. The the uh, demo box but um the 750s like i basically we're gonna throw them in there because it'll be really cool to add at that stretch goal and then from there we have extra ones and it's basically just giving people free stuff it's not you know adding something that should have already been in the book or already been in the game and that's what some of these shenmue 3s and you know um this red ash seem like is like all right so if you give us double our amount we'll actually make it a complete game I think at 100,000, we have a stretch goal that says extra game feature. And we purposely didn't specify it because right now we're planning on putting everything into the game. But basically, what extra game feature means is that we will expand the board on the NES game. So if, if anybody knows anything about NES programming, you program the mappers. And those mappers go up to a certain size. And we're going up to a pretty big mapper size already for the RPG. But basically how we figure is if we get up to that high of a stretch goal, we're going to just expand the size and add something crazy to it. 
Might as well, right? At that point. Yeah. At that point. So that's the thing. So we purposely left that vague because we are already putting everything into the game that's going into the game. We're not going to hold anything back. There's no reason to. But if we so happen to get all the way up to that amount, we will get fucking creative. It'll be amazing. And we will start taking, you know, backer input and things like that. Because, I mean, my favorite thing as a Kickstarter, you know, as a Kickstarter backer myself, is that I love doing backer polls. I love when I have input into the project. It's my favorite part. I got a crucial question for Kyle. Oh, yes. Kyle, I need you to explain something to me. Why is Wayne's World and Wario's Woods both bad stickers with both W's? Did they have something against W games or what? <laughs> hey, it's <a> correlation. Yeah. <laughs> it's craziness. Yeah, I, I think because they're, they're both later releases. and they Were they like the same year or something? Uh, just a lot of the later releases, they started to skimp on the meat. There's a couple homebrew um, releases, like I think Flashback Entertainment, notoriously, my fucking stickers are popped up on those. But um, every label I've gotten from Tusk, who's going to be doing my labels and my boxes, um, every one of his are perfect. And they have really good glue backing and everything. So there's not going to be an issue with the labels already, just so you know. I I already fucking ironed that one out. Hey, we're picky with our labels. Might as well. Don't make them white like Bucky O'Hare. Yeah, white and yellow are the worst. Make sure they're all white for Kyle. There you go. Right, only on the top too. So it makes it like steel cage challenge. Bucky <laughs> was one of the very few yellow ones. Mm-hmm. No. Barai Barai Fighter and Caveman games were also yellow. Ooh, and Mario yeah. Three. And some Mario Threes, some of them peeled up on there. Oh yeah. Some Mario Threes must be the yellow. <laughs> I got really good at repairing um, the little peel up things. I had dabble, do you? But uh, as far as gotta be careful. Yeah, you just you just get a paper clip and at the very end of it, put a little piece of a little teeny drop of super glue, and then just just dab it. Little dabble, do you? Like Jeff said, 
Definitely, Teeny, you do too much, it'll eat that sticker alive. Yes, it will. Very, that's why you gotta use the paper clips, you can be precise. I actually use two paper yeah. clips, I use one to prop the, the label up with one, one hand. One to prop and one to spread. Yeah, and I, I don't put it close enough to the edge to where when you mush it down, it's gonna, because when you mush it down, it's still, it has a spread factor. Yes, it so does. you have to, like, take that into consideration. You know what I can't stand is they got all those videos online and they're like, you know what? You can make your games look like new. And then a guy takes a Mr. Clean Magic Eraser. I don't know if you guys ever used one of those. It's it's a fine grit sandpaper. Exactly. And he's doing it to like these cartridge games. Well, guess what? You're wearing the plastic down and you're putting a big scratch where there was some marker you could remove with alcohol and some elbow grease, you moron. So yeah. <laughs> I can't believe people are like putting a magic eraser and then it's like taking the label off. He's like, oh, it's fine. The the the, the irony <laughs> is, is that um, if you do that with a 64 game, <laughs> the, yeah. the plastic's different because it's smooth instead of like edged so like the super nintendo and the nintendo have that little little edginess to the cartridges yep. like a little they're like a little bit um rough and when you use yeah. the magic racer on that it's barely noticeable try doing that on a 64 cartridge go ahead it, it'll look great actually just it discolors them well, the problem with 64 <laughs> labels too destroys it the, the labels don't have that gloss like layer on them nope and Those bad. labels yeah. fade bad. Yeah, and they if they get real wet, bad. they're like fucked. Because it's just like a piece yeah, of, it's like a sticker, you know, like w- without the gloss, like a piece of paper, basically. Yeah, the, yeah, without the end labels and everything, they just cheaped out everything on those cartridges. Yeah, Genesis cheaped out too. I, I want to bring this up because at the very end, they started releasing those boxes instead of the cases, the cardboard boxes. Yeah, oh. with the black yeah. and white manuals. Yeah, yeah, that I mean, too. Shit, Super yeah. Nintendo did that too. They started churning out black and white labels or black and white manuals too. Yeah, because Castlevania Bloodlines is interesting because there's a, a hard shell version and a, a paper cardboard version for Genesis. It's been in the middle the, during the transition. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, th- there's crazy. there's quite a few actually that have both boxes are always worth more. Yeah, and you you can put those Genesis boxes. I believe they fit in like a Super N- Nintendo um like protector case if you want like a game protector and and, and you don't want to buy like a genesis lot or something because i'm sure they have that size now the cardboard genesis one if if they don't you know they should (laughs) i think it is the same as a different box i'm not sure which one might be a nintendo one it's very similar it's just it fits in the super nintendo which fits in the which is the exact same size as a jaguar yeah and same as a jaguar and same as a 64 yeah but the the Genesis box is not like snug; it's like slightly under. Yeah. Hey, you know what I couldn't stand is when the Nintendo would have like those millionth millionth seller copies, so it's got like a little sticker or like logo on top of the regular game. So there's two variations of it technically. Mm-hmm. Like F Zero would be like a million one, and then there'd be the normal original one. I mean, they started yeah. that with the NES with like Metroid and Zelda, Blaze of Steel, Blaze of Steel. Yeah. I mean that's going to be part of my, you know, part of my book is if I do the major variants, it's going to be those type of variants. Nice. Not like every little nuance, just like the major differences, because those will be a little cool way to collect as well. Some people wanted, Definitely. some people wanted variants, and I'm not going down to the weeds to every little nuance, but like the gun dot smokes where they're, you know, two different boxes. That's pretty cool. The Metroid box was really cool. I like the updated one better. Yeah. The yellow. Oh, um, a classic story today is I was going and um, doing a little bit of editing and flying 
dragon secret scroll on the box that I used in the book. <laughs> it was the label and not the actual box. I was like looking at it. I'm like, what the fuck? I almost missed that. Like it's it's hilarious going back and keep seeing. So like I had the the picture of like the guy on the front, but it's actually a picture of a dragon on the actual box. So the box and the label are completely different on that game. That's crazy. Pretty cool. I almost missed that too. My one buddy was like, you might want to check that out. And my buddy Sergio, he's going through and doing some edits for me too. And <laughs> I looked at it and I'm like, yep, I almost missed that. That was the only one so far. It's really funny. Because I made, yeah, I made sure I didn't grab pals and all that stuff, you know, for box arts. Yeah, you can't yeah. proofread your own work um, 100%. The best way is to walk away and come back, but still, like, your brain tricks itself, and that's why you made a mistake the first time. Yeah, no, the thing is, is that when you're, whenever you're writing anything, you're, inve- you're vested in it, so you always miss stuff every time. And when I'm doing something that has to do with, you know, 800 items, it's, <laughs> it's like I can look at something a thousand times and miss it. It's like crazy. So, I mean, I've been working on this book for two years, and I've been out of the Fs for a long time, and, like, that's the craziness right there. Um, The cool thing is, though, is when I do add unlicensed, the formatting of the book's already solid, so it, it won't take me much longer to get those out, actually, so that's pretty cool. I think it's only, like, two or three extra files, because I have, like, 13 or 14 giant files of games that has every license i think it's only like two more to add all the unlicensed so it won't take long at all it's pretty cool yeah, but i mean and then if like what kevin was saying with all the variants if you want to collect like every super nintendo version like oh my god oh yeah it's and the thing is is that nintendo started it and there's what like maybe a dozen not bad it's not bad yet. maybe a dozen big variants and and they also added freaking tons of sports games once you got to the next one too because all the sports games on the nes are very classic like tecmo super bowl style double dribble style and then when you get to super nintendo it's like all right we're gonna start with madden <laughs> and like that starts up and never ends and yeah. You know, it just it gets a little crazy. The the main crazy one in the NES is the RBI baseballs and all that. There's a million of them, different baseball games and things like that. But yeah, like that, so it gets crazy with tons of little million seller variants and 64 gets even worse. And, and then like the Tengen games that were like in official Nintendo shells instead of their own. Yeah, like those are um going to be in the the license because there's a few okay. there's a few Tengens that were licensed. So those are in the license. Now, when I do the unlicensed, there'll be the attention unlicensed as well. So you'll have okay, both Pac-Mans cool. in, in the book at that point. Yeah, because I want to say like Gauntlet, I, I got one that's actually that looks licensed, but Nintendo doesn't recognize it. Yeah, I mean, no, there there is. And it, it is everything that's licensed is recognized on, on Nintendo Age, and that's who we're using for the final say for all questions and answers. And Good things. deal. So you got to use somebody as a standard. So yeah. yeah, that's that's who we're using. So best to have the NES and fanatics looking it over. <laughs> exactly. And I mean they've had their database refined and pretty much set in stone for, for many years now. So basically the only thing that's gonna be really difficult is if I, if I ever decide to do an actual homebrew book, then I have to, I'm gonna have to uh get out my thinking cap because there's more homebrew games that were released since like two thousand five, two thousand six than there are actual NES games. Wow. I don't know. If that's what you might want to make it like a living document or something. Cause it's oh, good. it would have to be. 
That has to be online or something that people would add in their two cents and stuff. Buy it as an app or something for your iPhone, maybe. It would either be that or um, I was actually thinking going way crazier and way more in depth and actually just doing a almost like an indie game, a retro indie game book. So every game that's on a retro system, that's a full game experience. So that would cut a lot of fat out there. No birthday candle? Yes. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> certain games that aren't a full experience or, you know, there's a lot of demo NES homebrews that were made and things like that. Anything that falls into that boat would be cut out. But the key is, is developing the metrics in order to not be judgmental. So somebody like Kevin who doesn't like some games and then Kyle's a different guy and doesn't like other games. You can't use, that judgment doesn't even play a factor because there's actually metrics in there that you can see, you know what I mean? Hmm. And that, that'll be the hardest part is coming up with that. And, um, and then having people that are able to judge that, that don't have a vested interest in the games. So anybody who's involved with the game couldn't be a judge because if, you know, like Vetrix was a judge and he's like, Oh yeah, freaking, you know, Kami killer is definitely a full game. And the next person's like, uh, that's a little bonus game type thing. Comic Killer actually has a lot of good aspects to it, but, you know, the, the actual creator of a game would not, you know, be as judgmental as somebody who didn't create it. You know what I mean? Be like asking somebody, oh, is, is that the best game ever? Well, I created it. Of course it is best (laughs) yeah it's like promoting your own band right yeah like we can't so so that would be a really hard book to write i definitely will have that on the back burner because you know i have like five different books in mind right now and games and things so you know my projects i prioritize them in you know what's logical what can come out like the collector's guide was next because i had to drive to finish it that was the that was the classicness and then, so the next one will come out when it comes out. Like, I'm going to work on it and do it right, like always, right, Kyle? You know it, man. Climb that mountain. Exactly. So, so right now we're, we're funded and, um, you know, uh, we're actually for the podcast, we are going to take a break next week because I'll be, uh, drinking it up heavily at the, um, you know, camping site from he who shall not be named because we're not allowed to talk about it. But <laughs> yeah, we're not allowed to really talk about it because some people can get butt hurt if they know about it. But I'll be out camping. So yeah, we'll definitely take a little pause, pause. But as fortunate as we are with being the bullshit masters, I think we have about four or five episodes in queue that we, so if we can load a new one if we need to. Oh yeah. Yeah. Not, never an issue. And um, I do plan on, you know, putting out the um, the panel that I had at Too Many Games as a, you know, podcast side quest as well. So I think we have like four side quests, I think, that have wow. been published. So, yeah, we got plenty. And it's it's going to be dated because they were recorded, you know, six months ago, some of them. <laughs> but they're all awesome and classic, as always. Uh, the quality will be a little bit less because it's before we started, you know, directly recording. But... It's side quest, so you know. Sell side quest bonus tree. This the side quest. It's just whatever it is, but uh, it's gonna be awesome content. Exactly. Um. So, what game do you guys want to focus on for the uh, the next homework that we're gonna spend some time on? So, I mean, we got a few weeks or so whenever we get it done. But um, I mean, do you guys want to stick with the NES? Do you want to move on to Super NES? 
I mean, we've been posting on Nintendo Age forums, so I we definitely should stick with Nintendo or Super Nintendo. I think we should do Strider before we get too far away from Bionic Commando because they're very similar. Well, as much as I'd love to try Gunnack, I don't have it still. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the EverDrive, right? Or whatever. The, I don't yeah, know. Uh, I know. I'm just yeah, he, can, he, can, he can play it on I'll, the EverDrive. I'm, I'm looking Nack. for it. Yeah, because, I mean, that's one of those things where we can pick up any shooter, too. Yeah, yeah shoot them up would be a nice change of pace for a shooter. Play a crisis, play like a Crisis Force. Oh, I love that game. Fuck, do you have Crisis Force, Kyle? I actually have it on cart. Uh, Family nice. Yeah, dude. Yeah, because I got an actual conversion cartridge of it, like uh, in an NES cartridge, but it's the Famicom cart in it. So we got both versions, sweet. Yeah, <clears throat> that would be a really cool one to play too. I mean, it's freaking Konami. It's glorious. That's also what's crazy, though. I want to throw this real quick in. Like, with, with me and Jeff, it's like one big collection. That's what's even in like that. Oh, it's a yeah. super insane because basically, London, Jeff's daughter's going to get it all, anyways. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, Kyle's her, her godfather. <laughs> but that's what's and crazy, though. If you add both those collections, it's like psychotic. We've always done that, is like when we find stuff that the other person needs, we give it to each other. Like, we always do, like, Kyle's box or Jeff's box. We've been doing that forever. Like, we're brothers, basically. Like, what's mine is his, and what's his is mine. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah, like what Jeff was saying with that Metroid uh, Classics version. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff wanted it, but he knew I didn't have it. And Done. Was, since I was collecting <laughs> all the cards, he was like, well, then you win. Like, this is yours, dude. Yeah, exactly. Like, you you need it more than I do because you're trying to collect them all. Like, it would. He's like, I'd, I'd love to have it, but because it was really cheap and... Oh, it was ridiculous. Yeah, it like, was like five bucks in general. Yeah. It's like twenty or something. Probably. And this was this, this was pretty recent, like a couple years. Just that was a, just some random disc replay. I don't remember where, but where, mm. like wherever Andrea was driving us that day. It might have been in Fort Wayne or Indianapolis. One of those two. See the Fort Wayne or Indianapolis, Indiana is when we had our Indiana adventures. They were all a blur. They were all Big a blur because awesome. we were drunk. <laughs> yeah, I think we do. You still have that picture of McVans when we're in front of the Pac Man guy, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. Everybody takes that picture. I even I got one of those. I figured they did. Except for Kevin was naked in it. Oh shit! <laughs> Running run from the ghost. Uh, they'd have to meet a stretch goal to get that photo. <laughs> they did. They, uh, stretch mark goal. <laughs> that's amazing. Hell yeah! Stretch mark goal for Kevin. <laughs> so, do you want to say anything else about the uh, Kickstarter? Or? No, that was, that was yeah. pretty much it. I mean, we've you know definitely been uh, humbled by the outstanding support and really like how it all worked out. Like, there is no way it could have worked out any better because like it was ironic is that we were like about a thousand away for almost like a week like of getting funded, and then we got in the Kickstarter newsletter, and then all of a sudden like people could see our you know. Our campaign, they're like, oh, this is fucking awesome. They all started, you know, backing us because people were aware of it. Because we can only promote so far without, like, you know, pandering to the the people that need their ego struck by giving them free games and stuff, like, that we don't have to give out. So, <laughs> like, without doing stuff like that, like, we just wanted to get to the passionate people that really love the NES and want to see new stuff with it. And that's what we found. And like, it was ironic. And I talked with, you know, Kevin about this is that, um, they actually, the first week, like the first Monday, they actually 
made our Kickstarter not searchable because we mentioned charity in the Kickstarter. Um, What's the deal and, with that anyway? So apparently, according to Kickstarter, um, you know the rules that you're not allowed to talk about charity in the Kickstarter, which I had no, I didn't know that. And our our plan is to take any of the overhead that we make. And if we have anything left over from the overhead, which is going to consist of Kickstarter fees and taxes and anything we missed on crazy shipping, because we did flat shipping rates, um, and some people, it's going to cost more. So anything from the overhead that's left over, though, we're going to donate to Children's Miracle, uh, Children's Miracle Network and Autism Research Institute. And we're also doing a dollar per backer to um, Kowalitz Games for Kids. We're still doing that, but we had to remove all mentions off of our Kickstarter, which I think is BS, but we had to. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, yeah. and and weird. And what yeah, I told Kevin it. was is that the, the irony was because they sent me those emails, I now had their email. And me being the opportunistic person that I am, I'm like, all right, so I have their email. Let me shoot them my quote-unquote story so I could get featured. And you're supposed to submit that in like a Kickstarter form or something. I just sent it directly to them, my story, and they didn't you know, feature my story or anything yet. They still might or something. They didn't feature my story, but one of the actual people behind Kickstarter liked my campaign and, and backed it. So I actually got in there. This is Kickstarters that we've backed. And it shows my uh, my link in there, and it went out to every single person that's ever backed a Kickstarter. <laughs> so oh, yeah, awesome. So so we went from getting like about a hundred or two a day for the past week to like two and three thousand dollars a day. Like it just that's went, nice. it just ramped up, and like it's because people are aware of it. Because as I've said to multiple times, our product is awesome. Like we're passionate behind it, and it sells itself. Like we're doing an NES collector's guide and an RPG about collecting games. It's stuff that people have wanted forever. Our all the limited edition tiers are sold out. All the not the NPC tiers where you can be a character in the game, those are all sold out now. Because we had some really awesome stuff with it, and you know, like when people see it, every time I've mentioned it to anybody. Even people that play the NES as, as a kid, they're all like, oh, that sounds awesome. So the more people that know know about it, the more people are going to want to, you know, see it happen and want to, you know, back it. And so getting that was, like, awesome. Because right now is supposed to be the time when things, like, kind of deadline and level out in a Kickstarter. Because at the beginning, you get huge because you're visible. And then the visibility goes away, and you kind of deadline, make, like, a couple few backers here and there. And then when you get to the end, it's visible again. And you get like 50% of your backers at the end. That's what I was told by everybody that's done a Kickstarter. My goal was is to have Joe, because I knew Joe didn't have that artwork done, that, oh, it was like about a week in, we'll release his artwork and, you know, we'll get more more backers. And it worked. Like, there was a lot more people that saw it. And it's a freaking amazing <laughs> artwork piece. Oh, yeah, it's incredible. My <laughs> God. It, it is. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again, that it is the best NES 8-bit artwork that i've seen and he is he like a super fan how'd you meet him what's the story behind the yeah it's um, really cool what he did well i have a video on it i haven't actually posted it out to the backers yet um it i posted it during my promotion but basically um i was going to a twin galaxies event uh the trading card event that i went to for beckett to get my cards graded and support walter day um i went to that event and crazy old George Lutz, the conspiracy theorist gamer, you know, talking about Polybius and 
the black cat fucking wrecking crew. Crazy ass dude. And he'll, he'll dig it that I mentioned the black cat. Uh, <laughs> um, but he's like, Hey dude, I know this guy that's over here. I want to go talk with him real quick. So I just, I was walking around bullshit with him. So like, all right, I went for, for a walk with him. And so I go for a walk with this guy and we were talking to this artist and he has some really cool, like, you know, gross looking retro stuff. This, um, it's called Serial Killers, where there's like a bunch of cereal boxes, but there's serial killers on it, like Michael Myers yeah, and Jason. I saw that. hilarious. <laughs> fucking amazing. Yeah, that's cool. I was like, dude, your fucking artwork's awesome. And then I explained to him my project, and I was, I had an actual thread Nintendo Age and a few other, you know, forums that I'm looking for an artist. And he's like, well, dude, that sounds fucking awesome. I've never done Nintendo before. I would love to. He's like, I would have to make it, you know, um, like a parody so that way you know i could get around it but you know i i think we can make it work and i'm like cool man i was like um and then through talking about that i realized that he was actually commissioned by tops and does the garbage pail kids yeah i was gonna say like what <laughs> was the, the part guy? where you like pissed your pants okay and i was like Here we go. what <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's awesome <laughs> like as i'm talking to him I'm like hell yeah and he was already like gung-ho um now he's a professional artist so he actually costs money to get shit done. Right. So that's when I made the decision, you know, on the fly, mind you, that I'm going to pay out of pocket to get my cover done. So the book cover, I already bought that before I even decided to do a Kickstarter. Because I'm like, everyone knows a picture is worth a thousand words. Like, when you have something that's amazing that shows what's in the book, like, the artwork that's on my fucking book cover is amazing. And I've gotten used to it. <laughs> but it's like every time I look at it, I'm like, dude, that's fucking awesome. That's one of the keys to like the whole the whole spiel. And that and that's where this book destroys the first book that I did because I did there was no artwork to the first book really for for the cover. And that and that's withstanding the fucking RPG. <laughs> and and that's the thing. So the irony was is that you know I met Joe and Joe was like, yeah, I'm gonna do some artwork with it and. Basically, my thoughts were, all right, so I'm going to pay for him to do my book cover, and then he's going to do his own art piece, and you know he'll be able to sell that during the Kickstarter, and he'll, he'll get the money for that. And that was my thing. So he'll be associated with it. It'll be double promotion, right? That was like, that'll be awesome. And then as I'm driving home from that event, I talk with Rob on the phone from Slidog Studios. And he starts spouting off the details of the RPG that I thought we were just bullshitting about. Like, we were just drunkenly talking the, the weekend before about the RPG. Like, he just, I was like, hey man, you got any games that you have coming out that we can maybe, you know, do a book game release with? And he's like, no, but you know, it'd be cool if we, cause your book's a collector's book, if we did an RPG about collecting. I'm like, yeah, man, that sounds cool. But how I see it is, is that, if you want something done, you got to do it yourself in the homebrew community. Oh, yeah. You can't expect somebody else to program a game for you. So I was like, cool, man. That sounds awesome. I definitely can't do that, though, or nothing. And then when I was driving home from that event, after I already you know, talked with Joe and he was excited to do the stuff, Rob started spouting off details of how the RPG is going to work. And that's when I pissed my pants the second time that day. <laughs> <laughs> because then I realized, holy shit, like, he was serious about doing it. Like, very serious. Like, he had details. It's incredible. It's cloud nine right there. Yeah, I, I said to him, I'm like, so you're you're serious about it? He's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Holy fuck, boy. So I'm like, okay. So, so then my thoughts were, and I contacted Joe, like, after this, 
after I knew he was serious. Um, I'm like, hey, man, would you be able to do, like, a box art? And I explained him the thing, and he's like, yeah, I can do a caricature of you. Like, and he sent me three different demo pics of me, like, surrounded with games. The funniest one was I'm laying on an inner tube with a beer in my hand, surrounded by games in a pool, which was awesome. Nice. That was my favorite one. And and then I just had them add aviators because I'm always in aviators and then make it a Guinness. And it's all parody, so it's not actually a Guinness. Plus it's got that tubin uh nod. Yes, so so I mean that was really cool. So yeah, it like almost the stars fucking aligned with this Kickstarter, so For real. And then the the promotion on top of it was fucking outstanding like it all like meshed well where i don't think we could ever replicate at this level i don't think we could ever replicate that kind of success again like it was just a perfect mis- mishmash of amazingness it really is um i did change the um i don't know if you guys noticed this but i changed the book cover um within the last week um, instead of saying officially licensed u.s releases it now says the ultimate nes collector's book in the connotation because there's two reasons number one if we hit the stretch goal it won't just be officially licensed u.s releases anymore so it'll have unlicensed in there so then that title would be misleading the second thing is nintendo could actually they probably have seen it by now and they could have an actual issue with me writing officially licensed on the front of my book like is this officially licensed by nintendo and you know it makes sense that it's just the u.s releases but there's always the who's to say, you know, Kyle always says, who's to say? So um, yeah, that's one of those things where it's like, yeah, we just changed it to the ultimate NES collector's book. So I think that's, it works a lot better. Um, as we said before, Kevin, um, I take all shit talking and all like bad publicity as a learning tool. And I actually got that idea from the Reddit troll thread. Oh, yeah, that's right. Those guys were looking at everything to nitpick. Because they were like, oh, well, it's sort of officially licensed, blah, blah, blah. And I'm looking at them like, <laughs> I'm like, you know, there's some merit to that, though. And so I'm like, well, I don't have a Reddit account. I'm not going to respond to them. I was like, well, because, I mean, we're not, we're no longer officially licensed U.S. releases, so it's going to be extra in there. So I'll change it a little bit. And Joe said that was not an issue. He did that in like two seconds and sent it. Cool. So it was, that was really easy. Guy's fucking good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things where I'm actually, um, one of the stretch goals, I think, it, and it's at like 50, is to get Joe to draw a cover for my first release and and also add the new generation to it and do a updated version of my first book. I think that would be really cool to do. I couldn't, I can't afford to give that for free to all the backers, though, but that is a really cool stretch goal to do because it would actually make that book a viable release at that point i still may do that uh later at a later point it would just be at the back end of all my projects that i want to do but um but what i want to do too is have like a spine for all the uh, books that i do like a little like something so that way they all look similar it's kind of like when you have um you know like the Worlds of Power from the NES books or the Choose Your Own Adventures all had like the little red stamp on the side so they all like go together. I want to do that for all my books. So that way there's like a, a series. It's like they're collectors. You know what I mean? You nice. Collect them all. That's a good idea. Um, yeah. yeah. See, the 
complete Super Nintendo will be next. That's what, that's the thing that I'm going to do as a, actually, Kevin, now that you bring that up, is I'm going to do that as a backer poll is at the end. Because I was going to make that a stretch goal. I'm like, that's a fucking stupid stretch goal after I looked at it for a little bit. Like, it, it's, it's one of those things that Kyle mentioned. It's like when you write your own book, you don't really see it until you take a step back. Here's the thing: if, if yeah. someone doesn't beat you to it now, shit. Who knew? Who knows? The race is on. Who knows? Like, there's probably someone making an N64 one now, a PlayStation one, because they they saw yours fun. So it, it, it'll be interesting. Kyle, how did you know about the book I'm writing? Hey, boom. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean. I didn't mean the squeal. Sorry. The, the, the irony is, let's do a little uh, cross podcast collaboration, right? There you go. As soon as I announced with the uh, the pseudo trailer. I got a call from Pat the NES Punk, um, and he's like, hey, just so you know, I'm releasing an NES book. <laughs> like, his isn't going to be out till mine's out, basically, or, or later. But he's doing, like, thorough reviews on games. I don't know if he's doing every game or not, but he's doing an NES book. And he's going to, quote-unquote, step his, you know, up a notch because he doesn't want to seem like he's a carbon copy now. Um, because before he thought he was the only, going to be the only book in, in the world that's covering all the games. Now mine's doing that. But mine is more of a collector's item. It's a collector's guide type thing. Um, it's going to be a little short blip it so you can go through quickly and easily and on the fly. It's going to have straight to the point about every game and things like that. It's not going to be wordy and thorough. His is going to be thorough and wordy. I don't know if he's going to have stories or what he's going to do with the reviews. His is going to be a little bit more detail-oriented than mine. The thing is, though, is if his is going to be around the same pages as mine, I don't know how much wordy it'll be. Because mine's going to be around 300 to 400 pages, and that's, you know, three games per fucking page. <laughs> yeah, his book wow. would be like massive. And that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> if he does them all as thorough as he's as he's making it out to be, it's gonna be a fucking bible. It'll be like ten bibles. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, phone book. Yeah, I like, I real, hope dude. so. And he really thought that we were in competition when I went to too many games. He's like, dude, our our books are gonna be competing. I'm like, no, the the, the world's big enough. Hell, I'm going to freaking get a copy of his book. I don't think he's gotten a copy of mine yet, but I'll get a copy of his book. Why? Because I'm passionate about the fucking NES. I love it. Like, if so what if he's, quote unquote, a competitor? Number one, he's not doing Kickstarter, or not yet. Uh, number two, he's doing something about the NES. I don't care. I'll still back it. Even if he was directly competing with me and had a Kickstarter at the same time, I would promote him on mine. And be like, hey, there's another NES book. I mean, the proof that I would is I already promoted another game that's running concurrently with us. It's called A Whole New World. A Whole New World. Like, A Whole New World. <laughs> I, mean, I think if he makes it different when he comes up, yours is already, like, you know, on its way. Mm -hmm. So he, he, he'll he have a chance. He'll be fine, I'm sure. Plus, it's Pat the NES Punk. He has so many fucking fans. It should be fun in, like, two seconds. Exactly. Um. Now, he did tell me verbally that, and that's why I said a little podcast collaboration, that he was going to mention us on the Completely Unnecessary podcast. Now, I said, even mention it in conjunction with your book. I don't care. Like, if we get mentioned at all, that's cool. Like, I love it. You know, I, I would appreciate it. That's what I said. Um, If he does, he does. If he doesn't, he doesn't. That's up to him. But, I mean, the right thing to do would be to mention it, because he mentioned he would. But he's he's been a stand-up guy. He was really cool. Even through the grapevine, he was a stand-up guy. So I got I think he's awesome, and I hope his book freaking does well, you know? I mean, there's no reason for it not to. I, I would love to, because then it just proves that if I do another book on, like, Super Nintendo or 
Japanese Famicom games or anything that it'll also be successful. Like, there's no reason to ever wish harm upon anybody. Why? It's freaking life's too short, right? <laughs> That's right. And all right, so so we got the I got a call from Pat, right? Here's the other irony. <laughs> so Joe Granado been on our episode, right? He was on. Um, he recommended Toe Jam and Earl. He was back up way long ago on one of our episodes. Yeah. He posted on his Facebook page, you know, about our about the Kickstarter. You know, just just giving us a little bit of you know collaboration. Right off the bat, uh, this other guy who had a Kickstarter called the NES Quest. They immediately piped up and said, "Oh yeah, we're already doing an RPG about collecting games." <laughs> like immediately, which came off as like undershooting Joe's promotion for my Kickstarter. And then some of his fans were like, "Oh yeah, you guys did it first or something." Now, here's the irony. I backed that NES Quest a long time ago. I even, you know, got the tier where I'm going to get an NES game. I had no clue what it was going to be. <laughs> and uh, somebody told me that, and here's the irony, is somebody told me that when I was looking into starting a Kickstarter. And I went to the programmer, and guess who the NES programmer is for their uh, RPG? Joe Granado. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I-, I went to Joe and I said, all right, so I heard that um, the NES Quest game is going to be an RPG about collecting games. And he said, oh, man, don't worry. Nothing is set in stone. And I'm not even going to get to it until I finish my game, Mystic Searches. His game isn't even going to be finished until early 2016. You know, it won't be finished and released till 2016 sometime. Black Box Challenge will come out before Mystic Searches will. And then he'll start programming the NES Quest game. And it's an RPG, so it's going to take longer than Mystic. Like, they're thinking that they're going to come out um, with their game in 2016, the summer. Um, I think they fail to realize that Joe it works and is a human being like the rest of us. And it's going. he's programming an RPG. Like, Rob is, you know, thinking it's going to take him six months. And what's, what date did we put on the Kickstarter? Like, I think April 2016. That's us shooting with beta testing and everything. Like, that's the latest we're going to be out. We, we're trying to shoot for the holiday if we can to get the game out. But that's the thing is, like, he was, like, shooting, like, just trying to save face, I guess, because I don't think, I don't know if he doesn't realize, or maybe he does realize that our game's going to be out way before his. Just like our My NES Collector's book is going to be out before Pat's. You know what I mean? So, like, everybody was planning on all this stuff and now all of a sudden when i'm doing it they're coming out of the woodworks that's what it feels like termites man they're coming yes yeah. like, <laughs> and and then the third piece of the puzzle what's the third piece of my puzzle in my kickstarter you got the book the game what's the third piece the art the art so the, right. the guy that did sydney hunter said oh and we use joe simcoe for our artwork Oh shit! Everyone's going to JoJo. <laughs> Everybody like so. What the they fuck? Did, and they did use him for artwork. I didn't know that till Joe already agreed to do the NES stuff because he said he hasn't worked on any NES pictures before, yeah. any characters. So I realized I backed that Kickstarter. So I and then you know upon talking with Joe and I look back at it, I'm like yeah hell yeah he did do that. So why did he say he didn't do it? It's weird. No, he didn't say he didn't do it. He actually never did do any NES artwork. 
he did Sydney Hunter was which was a Super Nintendo homebrew. Oh, well, I guess it was just it was just like an Indiana Jones picture that looked like a garbage fail kit. Okay, it, it does look like a garbage fail kit. Okay, so uh, with ours, he didn't do garbage fail kids, and he yeah, his it looks so good. Uh... And the thing was is that he also posted like almost a little like jab, like yeah, we did that too. So it's like all three aspects people come out of the woodworks and saying that they're doing it first, and the irony is again. We're probably going to release before Sydney Hunter comes out too. That one might be around the same time. So it's one of those things where three people are claiming that they're doing the same thing. So it almost makes it look like I'm trying to cash in on everything, even though it didn't even happen like that. You know what I mean? Sounds like Reddit did it. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean I've been working on the enhanced book for a couple years, way before they anybody else had the idea because it wasn't done. And then. You got the the game, which I didn't even know was an RPG till we are till Rob already had the idea and already started programming the freaking game. <laughs> and the irony is, is that their RPG ain't doing what my is not doing what my RPG is doing, which is you get a black box game and actually play that game, play mini games. There's that isn't happening. That's never happened. So <laughs> that, like what we're doing with the RPG, like Sly Dog is doing something new, like they always do. Um, and then the artwork side is that. Number one, they just commissioned him to do one piece of art that they're using all over the place. He's doing like three, he's done three art pieces for this project, Joe. And one of them is his own that he's selling. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's like I've taken everything and, t- and like taken it to the next level. That's how I feel it is that we started doing most of this before the other people and we're taking it further than they did. You know what I mean? Like level up type thing. Balls to the wall, man. <laughs> coming, coming full circle, right, Kyle? That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, coming full circle, what do you think? Should we wrap it up? Oh, absolutely. We need to wrap it up oh, before yeah. you tap it up. Always. All right, man. <laughs> All right, man. Um, so, yeah, it's been been fun. Uh, we're going to take a, a week break. Did we figure out what game we're playing? Yeah, what, are we, what are we voting on here, guys? Kyle wants a Strider. You mentioned a shooter. Don't matter to me. We can We can hit up Strider. Strider's not too long. It's it's not too bad. That's what, that's what she said. The Crisis Forces. I like that idea too. That's a Konami treat. I mean, the thing is, is how short is Strider? Could we? Because I mean, if we're taking our time, anyways, we could fucking do Strider Crisis Force, and then whenever we finish one, we talk about it. it. Doesn't matter. Yeah, let's just focus on Strider, so then we know we got the amount of time for it because we're taking a week off. So exactly, I think that'll be enough to at least. Uh, get the skill set and get all the treats out of the game yeah, with that much it's time. it's non-linear, so if there's a guide I sent, so you may want to use that if you get lost. Oh, yeah. If, okay. I, if I get lost, I'll definitely jump on the guide. I'm going to obviously go for it like without it first. Yeah, since it ain't super linear, let's uh, let's just focus on that one since we got a good gap of time to work on it. Perfect. And Yeah, so, so from now on, though, when I do the Kickstarter thing, I'm going to keep her short. It's all good now. There you go. Got plenty of extra treats to talk about. I mean, there's there's lots of aspects. So it's always fun. Craziness. Yeah, I figure, though, this will give backers a reason to listen in because they're going to hear updates after the uh, Kickstarter is completed. That'll be awesome. Thank you for listening to VGBS. We appreciate everybody taking the time to get through this whole uh, arduous podcast. We love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to correspond with us, you can email us at bgbspodcast at gmail.com. We also have a phone number. It is 26226 4 bgbs You can leave us a voicemail. 
shoot us a text message on whatever you want to do, correspond. Also comment on us, shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Google+. Leave a message on one of Kevin's videos on YouTube. We love hearing what people um, think about the podcast. All right, see you later. Woo! Take it easy, guys. Later!